Hello, and welcome to the Christ Church Cathedral Podcast. This is the sermon from our past Sunday, recorded live from the cathedral. We hope these words will really speak to your heart and mind. I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, today I want to talk to you about your baptism, our baptism. We're at the beginning of a new year, and uh, it seems very right that the first thing that we encounter in the scriptures is the baptism of our Lord and the beginning of his ministry among us. And that's significant because Christ's baptism signaled a clear revelation of his identity and revealed new responsibilities and new priorities for Jesus' ministry. And as the gathered community of Jesus' followers, the church who are on a lifelong journey to become more and more like Christ, Jesus' baptism is really significant for us. It tells us an awful lot about what our life is to be like. And at the gate of the year, it seems a good place to start. Now, as ever, when I'm thinking about baptism, Martin Luther, the 16th century German reformer, always pops into my head. A strange thing, you might think, for an Anglican. But not really. You see, way back in the mists of time, when I was at theological college, the connection between Luther and baptism was set in my head. I read somewhere about all the ways and all the times in which Luther referenced his baptism as the heart and absolute touchstone of his faith, and I've never forgotten it. So very many times in his writings we come across the phrase, for I am baptized. And there's even a tradition that he wrote it in shock across his desk as a constant reminder. You see, if Luther was afraid, if Luther was confused, if he was trying to sort out life priorities in light of his faith, if he was frightened even of where God was leading him in his ministry, if he was joyful, if he was angry, he seemed to use that phrase, for I am baptized, as if that changed everything, the fact of his baptism. And not, you'll notice, I was baptized but I am baptized, which implies an ongoing state. That's very interesting and important, I think. You see, I don't think that uh, St. Luke tells us about Jesus' baptism just to inform us about what happened to Jesus, although that is important. It's important because Jesus' life and death and resurrection give shape and meaning to our lives. But he tells this story also to show us something about our own baptisms as well, about the power of that act in our lives. Because the things that are true about Jesus' baptism are as true about our own baptism as well. So for me, a couple of things stand out about Luke's story. First, And very importantly, I think, baptism is about identity. Notice that the voice from heaven is addressed to Jesus in the first person. You are my son, the beloved. 
with you I am well pleased. As one scholar I read recently, also cleverly observed, the very next chronological event after Jesus' baptism in the Gospel of Luke is Jesus' temptation in the wilderness at the top of chapter 4, when Satan begins his temptations by saying to Jesus, if you are the Son of God. So the first thing, the first thing the evil one does is to challenge Jesus' identity. And of course, in Jesus' identity, he carries his purpose. So Satan is challenging that too. And that's really important because if the father of lies can get up under Jesus' skin and make him mistrust his relationship with God, he will win. Now just keep that over here with a pin in it for a while for when we read that gospel in Lent. There'll be lots to say about that. I think Jesus' baptism teaches us who we are, God's beloved children. And it tells us that God is pleased with us just for who we are in the same way that a, that a parent is, is pleased with their children just for being. And you know, we mustn't let the simplicity of that just wash over us. In a time when so many of the traditional ways in which we construct our identity, the, may, the many ways that we define ourselves both to ourselves and to the world have shifted. And let me say, this isn't all bad. Some of it's even good. It's just a fact and it's one we shouldn't ignore. For instance, now we change occupations and careers far more often. Now we have physical mobility, and many of us have moved around rather than living in a single community, resting on and building history. Even the composition of our families change more often, and we have embraced more honesty with regard to gender issues. And those, all of these things are the more ordinary reasons for shifting identity. We haven't even grappled with displacement, or economic hardship, or addictions, or pandemic, or just plain disaster. Those are all reasons for changing identity too. So in the light of all that, there's a deep desire to figure out just who we are and where we belong. And as a response to this need, our baptism reminds us that we discover who we are in relation to whose we are, God's beloved children. We belong to God's family. And baptism is a tangible sign of that. And that changes things. We must never doubt the identity and purpose and belonging given to us by God in the waters of our baptism. You know, as humans, it seems we're hardwired to seek belonging. It's a state and an emotional connection that we need in order to flourish. We're not good alone. We tend to break when we're isolated. We naturally seek groupings and partnerships and relationships. Seems to me that we're truly created for one another and for God, and for that reason, belonging is really foundational for us. And just as the Lord says those words of belonging over Jesus, you are my son, they are also words that apply to us because they're words of belonging, in our case, adoption both words that show that we belong to Christ in God and the power of the Holy Spirit, but also that we belong to the family of God, a family that includes our own, but 
that also expands the meaning of family in really important ways. If we're all one in Christ, if all our human-made barriers are set aside by being included in a new and altered identity, like St. Paul says, neither Jew nor Greek, neither male nor female, neither slave nor free, well, then that changes all our relationships. It expands them. We make room for all people within them. All people. But it's also something that we need to visit and revisit all our lives long, this sense of change, the rewriting of things like our definition of family, of what it means to belong in Christian community and what friendship and acceptance and belonging then looks like and to whom we extend all those things, especially, especially when we feel challenged by our own self-interest. And well, that's a lot of the time, if we're honest, in the sight of God. All of that is different because of what we experience in our baptism. And it's something that, like Martin Luther, we need to keep touching as our world changes constantly around us. As voices who have been long oppressed in silence finally find expression and are heard. Change in us is required to answer with justice and with reconciliation. And as holy change comes, it demands that we bring ever fresh understandings of these truths, constantly forcing us to see how endlessly generous and expansive and alive God's love is. And that truly is good news. And here's more good news. Baptism, well, baptism is God's work. Let me explain, because this really is good. Baptism is God's work, and if that's the case, then that says something important about this relationship that we're entering into. It says that no matter how often we fall short or fail, nothing that we do or fail to do, no matter how often we turn our faces from God and God's ways, nothing can remove the identity that God gives us. Our relationship with God <laughs> is the one relationship in life we can't screw up precisely because, well, it doesn't depend on us. And don't believe me, believe what the prophet Isaiah says in our Old Testament lesson. I've heard these words read and read them myself at the bedsides of the sick and the dying. I've wondered how often these words have been prayed by refugees and prisoners, the persecuted, and those who mourn. God's words. Words of love from Isaiah 43. Don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You're mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you won't go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, like enduring a pandemic, it won't be a dead end because I am God, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior. I paid a huge price for you. All of Egypt with rich Cush and Seba thrown in. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'd sell off the whole world to get you back. Trade the creation just for you. 
Well, I added that middle bit about the pandemic, but you can hear that it isn't a stretch. That's the de depth of the love we are, like Jesus, all baptized into. So look, and listen now, for this is important. We can neglect this relationship. We can deny it. We can run away from it, ignore it, but we can't destroy it. For God loves us too deeply and too completely to ever let us go. For we are baptized, and God's love is irresistible. Again, in an age when so many relationships are fragile or diffused, it's such good news that this primary relationship is constant, no matter what. And the hope and the prayer is that God's love becomes the template or the foundation for all our other important relationships, and that that too changes our lived reality. And what a gift that is over a lifetime. We all know that the uh, baptismal font is visible in every church. In this beautiful mother church of our diocese, it's right down the central aisle. In medieval times, it used to be either right at the entrance of the church or even outside the front door in the porch of the church. It's the first thing you see. You can't miss it. And it's like the architecture is constructed so that we might even bump into it. I often think that the location of the font is a reminder that we keep bumping into our baptism, Luther-like, and what it asks of us throughout our lives. That font is a reminder of how we began our faith journey. And as we dip our fingers into the holy water that's in the font and sign ourselves, our bodies, our minds, and our souls with the cross, as we enter consecrated space, we're also reminded that baptism was just the beginning of our call to follow Jesus. The spirit we received at our baptism continues to, to urge and to encourage us on this path right up to the present moment and, and long into the future because we're right in the middle of God's story, not at the end of it. When we were baptized, we not only received the name that we would carry for the rest of our lives, but like Jesus, our identity and mission were fixed. We were also named beloved in the power of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and called to follow the path that Jesus walked. And over the course of our lives, our, our identity and mission will mature. In some seasons, it'll be a real challenge. And in others, it'll be easier as we try our best to serve God as Jesus served the Father. One thing's for sure, though. We now seek the welfare of the gathered community we're part of. And that's good and right because Jesus' baptism wasn't a, a private, but a public, a, a corporate affair. As one scholar I read quit, Jesus didn't insist that John baptize him further up the Jordan River with only his mother and a few family members and friends present. His baptism was public. And so should each Christian's be a public act for people who are called to live their Christian vocation in public ways. There's little that's private about our vocation to follow Christ. There's little that should be. 
despite what our culture wants to say about the place of religion. And it seems to me that at the beginning of a, of a new year, it's a really good time to remember again our identity. We're citizens of the family of God. It's, it's good for us to remember who and whose we are and what that means for how we are to live. Because the Christian vocation is always the same. It's to reveal the love of God in words of mercy and works of love to the entire human race. While the public mission and ministry of Jesus began at the waters of the Jordan, it continues through his church, through each and every one of us, for we are baptized. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Christ Church Cathedral. Audio editing and original theme by Eduardo Farias. We hope you join us again soon. Have a blessed day.